Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This show is all about art, craft, and creativity, and I produce it weekly in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Craft Sanity. I can't believe it, but this is episode 40. Wow. It's been so fun to bring interviews to you each week. This week is going to be no different. I'm excited to bring you an interview with Janice Taylor. Janice lives in New York City, and she is a weight loss artist turned weight loss coach and creator of the popular Kick in the Tush Club e-newsletter and the author of Our Lady of Weight Loss, Miraculous and Motivational Musings from the Patient Saint of Permanent Fat Removal. And before you think I've flipped my lid and changed my format since last week, this is not going to be a 10 steps to getting thinner show today. This is going to be a talk with an artist who found an interesting way of losing weight that really appeals to me. It's not really a craft book, but it's not really a weight loss book either. It's basically about crafting your way toward your goal. And her goal was to lose weight. So of course, when I heard about this book and about a woman who lost 50 pounds in such a creative way, I knew I had to talk to her. And boy, after talking to Janice, am I glad. She is so funny and a great storyteller. I laughed so much. In fact, she's a weight loss coach and she coaches people professionally to lose weight. I almost felt like I needed to cut her a check at the end of the interview because I laughed so much. I know I burned a lot of calories, so hopefully you'll burn some calories too. One of the cool aspects of this week's show is that I'm going to be able to give out a copy of the book. So I'm really happy about that. The publisher, Viking Studio, which is a member of the Penguin Group, has donated a copy of Janice's book. Skip the snack, but go grab your art supplies. Craft away, and then at the end of the show, email a photo of your project, and we'll get you in that drawing. Abby will be picking a winner next Thursday, so we'll give you all those details after the show. Let's get to it, folks. Did you consider yourself a crafter your entire life, like as a kid? Well, you know, it's funny because I didn't put that kind of label on it, you know, but I was just saying the other day that what I would do is every single day I would set up a little desk like the TV tables. Yeah, okay. And I would get stickers and stamp pads, and I would take all the mail in the house and stamp it all in real pretty. (laughs) 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 And then I would get a telephone and call up the local people and ask them what their favorite television show was and take notes and put a little report together and put more stickers on it. So I said, I'm still putting stickers on everything. And I just thought it was funny that these things really do start at a really early age. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in an organic way. It's just I didn't know what I was doing. I just really liked to glitter things up. Yeah. So you And did you do that um, throughout your entire life? Or did you kind of, was that something that you got away from as you got well, older? Well, I got away from it a little bit when I, you know, as I was in high school, I was more interested in boys and cutting school. But then um, as I got, <laughs> really, and the blueberry muffins at the Babylon Diner. And, and But then when I got a little bit older, I had two little babies at home. And I started doing sketches for little kind of like greeting cards. And I was making them clothes. And I started to move in different directions in, in that way. You know, so I was artistically or creatively inclined. So you were always doing that. I was always doing something, yeah. 
I've tried many different things, too. I've studied floral design and textile design, and I've gone to the Art Students League for a bunch of years and did fine art. And then just one day, it all came together as with the weight loss art. After high school, did you? You it sounds like you had you had two children. You were you were young when you had. You, you I did. Were, I okay. was young. So you yeah. um did you did you go to college? I did, but I went while I was after they were born. Did you go to art school or what did yeah, you study? Yeah, I went to Parsons School of Design and I was studying interior design. And then I kind of got a little bit tired, or I just wanted to try something more art. You know, yeah, and so I started yeah. to do textile design, and one of the things I really got into with textile design was painting on silk, which is a lot of fun. Have you done that? I have not done that. I know people who do it, and it's on my list of things that I want to. It's just so wonderful because you really don't have to know how to paint or draw. You're just putting the silk, the dye, onto the silk. And it just runs, and it has a life of its own. And like, you could just sit and watch the, the dye move. Well, it sounds fun. And the fact that you don't need some really great painting skills means exactly. there's hope That's for me. Exactly. You don't need to be a fine artist. Yeah, because I'm I not a fine artist. I did make a scarf with my parents on it. I sort of sketched their faces on it. Oh, wow. Now, it's on, it's on silk with dye. That sounds very challenging. Well, it was really, I mean, just took a photograph and kind of traced it on okay. the scarf and then filled it in with color. And people would say to me, oh, wow, your parents look great. They don't have any wrinkles. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> oh, that's great. So so you're in, do you still do the silk scarf painting? No, I don't, but I might go back to it at some point. You know how you do that? Yeah, you, you cycle back. And then you go, and you think maybe you'll go back, but... There's so many things that I want to do that I haven't done yet. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of it is that we have so many options, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess I'm, I want to trace your steps forward to the point when you had your first visit from Our Lady of Weight Loss. <laughs> well, I did, you know, I did some floral design and then I went to the Art Students League and then I was doing some collage on my own. And that's where I really love doing collage, which is basically cutting and pasting and using glue, mm-hmm. which brings you back to that table. Right. Where I would sit and cut and paste and put stars on everything. Mm-hmm. Same kind of feel to it. And um, and I was just, I would show in different art shows and sell in different craft venues. And it was good, but it wasn't anything I could leave my job and do for a living. What was your day job? Oh, I was working as an executive assistant to some crazy New York person. <laughs> some really crazy New Anybody York that we'd know? No, you wouldn't no. know him. Okay. He was a behind the scenes person. Okay, but you're and, an executive uh, assistant. Yeah. And so there's and I know that's that's gotta be a job that can be very good or very bad depending on how the how the boss is. Well it was both. I mean it was I was creative about it. I had an office and I turned it into my own arts and crafts gallery. And uh. <laughs> time I was gluing jewelry while I was there and selling it from my desk. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so I fabulous. Really made, I really made the best of it. I yeah, did. Yeah. How were sales? Oh, they were good. I we can went imagine. to Hawaii, my husband, the kids. Oh, on, on, your, on your craft sales at work? Yeah. I'm oh, that's awesome. Sales. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you have you have built-in clientele because these are people well, that... Well, not only do you have built-in clientele, we, we're, I worked at CBS at the time. Okay. And if anybody's working in a, in a corporation, it's the best place to sell stuff because you don't have any competition. Right. I'm the only jewelry person at CBS, <laughs> right? <laughs> and people want a, a break from their job. Right. Oh, yeah, everyone so wants a So they're like, oh, let me go upstairs and see Janice and see if she got anything new. <laughs> so I'd be like, 
And then some really big executives would come in, and my boss would always be late for a meeting, and I would be like saying, if it was women, sometimes men too, they'd buy for their wives, but I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty, pretty blouse you have on. I have some earrings over here, and they didn't care how late he was. So, so I really did have, in the scheme of things, it was a good job, and it, it was great, but it wasn't my dream, mm-hmm. is the bottom line. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and well, it sounds like you were very clever about it. You know, you took the heat off the boss by distracting the people that he was late to meet with and was able to kind of line your pocket a little bit. Right, time. exactly. <laughs> and, he, and he was a, a non-corporate corporate person. Okay, yeah. So he kind of got a kick out of it. Yeah. So that was good because if he was really straight, I don't think I could ever work for anybody who was too by the books. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I'd go out of my mind. Right, yeah. right. So that was that he was kind of a liberal thinker and open to the whole idea of an art yeah, gallery. He, he yeah, would, he, <laughs> on he the would premises. Um, sell it too. Oh, really? Yeah, he'd was say, he on commission? Hey. <laughs> he'd, say, he'd say, hey, you see your jewelry? Yeah, because it really got, it, it was <laughs> funny. You know, it was really funny and we'd do our thing together. He'd set up the sale. Sometimes he'd be too much of a hard sell, and I'd have to say, you know, yeah, you can't, you know, you lost that sale, for goodness sakes. <laughs> so we 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 had a good time, but then he sometimes he'd be a boss and want me to work, and that really was a track. <laughs> <laughs> you you like the whole uh, the partnership that you get the business partnership you guys have when it came to jewelry, but the the actual work part of it. Yeah, was it really kind of wasn't a pain. up for the work part. Right? <laughs> So how many years did you last in that setting? A, a, lo- a long time. Yeah. Yeah, a long time. I was wooden for 17 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But it was a good deal. It yeah. really was. Was that your last day job that you had before? Your yeah, day? yeah. It was like my first and my last. It was your first. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like... <laughs> It was like it was a good fit because he was a liberal thinker, as you say, and he got a kick out of my craziness, and he was crazy. I got a kick out of his craziness. It was a, it was a good working agreement. Yeah. Really. Did he ever buy a piece of jewelry from you? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, at Christmas time, he had to buy all his gifts from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you said, or because that he wanted to, you know. I mean, well, he, but a little, well, a little, both. a little, a little bit of both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he'd say, you know, we have to send to the other executive assistants. What should we send? And I'd say, don't worry, I'll take care of it. You can reimburse me. And he'd say, okay. <laughs> huh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Well, he didn't have an excuse like on his anniversary or you know, Mother's Day or whatever, not to be able to come up with a gift. Since, no, yeah, you know. yeah, but his wife knew it would be coming from, she'd recognize it and probably oh, say, probably oh, you got it in the office? Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> even bring me flowers? Yeah. You couldn't go shopping? <laughs> yeah, so I guess that could have landed him in the hot seat, Yeah. Too. Yeah, so at what point did you decide that, while selling jewelry at the office was, was fun, it was time to make No, that was great, and I did it for two years. That's why I had enough money, really. You know, it was a good two-year part-time run in the office, and yeah. it was a lot of fun. And I just got kind of tired of it. You know, I was lugging a case of jewelry around with me everywhere I went. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, it sort of ran its course. And I also knew that if you were going to do jewelry on a big scale, that you have to come up with a couple of lines a year. You know, if the trends change, you have to be really into fashion and know what's going on. You have to take it to a whole nother level. And I wasn't prepared or interested in doing that with jewelry. Yeah. So it, it, it ran its course and it was great. Okay. So that was a while ago then. Yeah, it was a little while ago. Yeah, and so then what did, what did you do after the jewelry phase? Well, then I was just doing fine art and showing some art in different local shows. And, and still working. I was still working. Yeah. I did a lot of fabric art. I liked faux fur. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I loved blue and red faux fur, and I would take swatches of that, and I would make paper collages, you know, just from the magazines, like different figures, a head, a body, arms, whatever, and mm-hmm. I would sew it onto the fabric. I sewed the paper onto the fabric and put it in a little frame and sell it. Well, that sounds really interesting. I mean, and what what do you think made you gravitate toward the figures from the magazines and the the, the combination of the faux fur? I really the... don't know, but as you you can see in my you know like the history of my work. Well, that was another thing I would do at work. I would take photographs of people and I would cut it out and stick it on bodies all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, would you take pictures of people at work then? And so yeah, like pictures I would of coworkers. And then I would take, you know, a magazine and I'd put the picture on some other body. And Jeez, it sounds like you had a fabulous job just to well, be able to sit there and do Except this. when they wanted me to work. That was like, <laughs> really got in the way of my good time. So it was like productivity, were you, would you say you were a productive employee when it came to actual company CBS work? or would... The truth of the matter is, okay, yeah. <laughs> if I... When I'm focused, I, in three hours, I could get eight hours worth of work done. So you kind of hurry up and then... So I hurry up, the... get the work done, and spend the rest of the day selling <laughs> jewelry and making collages. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think if more corporations, though, let people kind of do their thing on company time, you know, if you just hurry up and get your work done, I think we all can can maybe ramp well, things you, up. Well, you think you know? about it in company time in a corporation, how much time do you spend walking around talking to people? Oh, ridiculous amount of time. I think right, everybody you're not does. sitting there working for eight hours yeah. or ten hours Nobody or whatever does. the craziness The is. bosses don't work that long either, you know. There's a no, lot of sidebar conversations and lunches and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, well, and, and the thing that's so funny about it, though, is if, if you sit at your new – okay, I work in a newspaper. And if you're at your desk reading the newspaper – or shuffling some papers around on your desk. That looks like you're doing some work. But if the minute you pull out anything art-related or craft-related, it's like the siren's going off above your desk. She's not working. She's not working. Somebody call the cops, you know. So it's really, it really I mean, because one time I was on the um, hold with the state of Michigan waiting for MEEP scores. It's a standardized testing here. And Michigan is, you know, notorious for either not returning the calls or, you know, you wait on hold forever. And so I got out my knitting needles and just thought, well, this is ridiculous. I, I don't like to be on hold. So I thought, well, I'm going to just kind of take the edge off and knit, right. just knit until the hold music stops. You know, I got about, a, you know, at least two rows done of this, whatever I was working on. But people were like, I mean, it was like a disturbing to people. Like, how could she be so brazen? <laughs> but I thought, you know, this works for me. My blood pressure is now lower, you know, right. and I'm, I really can't be doing much else because they had the information I needed to do my job. So, right. um, but, but so I can totally relate and to the glee and joy that you must have felt when you were making things at work. So that's fantastic. And truthfully, it was how I got through it, Yeah, really, because I really never should have had an office job. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you, know, you stayed in it for 17 years. I know. I was like my friend Debbie said to me, she said, you know, you're like a square peg that squeezed yourself into a round hole and made it work. And I did. I did really well, and it was a great – I met a tremendous amount of interesting people and – had all kinds of opportunities that I never would have had, mm-hmm. you know, because it was in a kind of high-profile office. Yeah. So that was fun, too. But really, the only bad part about it was the work. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a big part of having a job, right? Uh, so w- when did you leave? I left three years, June 26, 2003. And so what led you to do that? Well, what had happened was 
is I'd lost over 50 pounds. So you have to then got to go back. Yeah, we're kind of skipping ahead. You go well, ahead and yeah, do the next. Just, just to say that when I was making jewelry and doing all these things, I was having a good time within the confines of the office. But I was very comfortable in the confines of the office. Like I was really heavy and I was in my territory. So I was funny and could sell stuff, but I wasn't so outgoing on the outside world. Do you know I what see. I mean? Yeah, so, so you were have comfortable. A comfort level, you, you know everybody. Yeah, you knew everyone. They knew you. and Right. Yeah. So you could slowly come out and bring your jewelry out with you. But I wasn't really, I didn't go to outside meetings. I was really an inside person. Mm -hmm. And then I went to this weight loss meeting. You know, I woke up one morning and I took a shower and instead of grabbing the towel before my glasses, I grabbed my glasses first and passed the mirror Mm -hmm. and saw that my fat roll had grown another fat roll. Oh, goodness. But yeah, it was really sad, but it was okay. It was like one of those fateful mornings, and I just said, oh, God. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, you're five minutes to never sex it. It's like now or never. Yeah. So I, I dragged myself to one of those weight loss meetings, and I weighed in, and you know, sure enough, it was a really big number. And I was really very depressed, and I went in to join the lecture, and I thought to myself, I said, oh, I said, I'm never going to make it. You know, you look around the room at these meetings. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, I've been here so many times, not again. And then I heard the voice, which ultimately proved to be Our Lady of Weight Loss. And the voice said to me, if you think you're never going to make it, you never will. You're an artist, make weight loss an art project. And really, in that moment, I had this tremendous shift from going from feeling so down to feeling elated. And I've never had a shift like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually it takes six years of therapy before I budge an inch. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm holding on to my issues. Right, Nobody's right. taking them away from me. But in that moment, I really did. And someone was talking about red peppers, you know, in New York style, with that accent. Oh, red peppers that you've seen delicious. <laughs> so I said, oh, you know what? I said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to make I'm going to make the uh, sexy vegetable collages. The first one will be of a red pepper, and I'll do a, a sexy vegetable series. And even if I don't lose any weight, I'll have some new art for a new show. Mm-hmm. And and when I got home, I realized that I went straight into my studio and I started cutting and pasting, and there was glue all over. And I was so happy, and I and I realized that if you were feeling happy, I was so psyched that it wasn't even the same game anymore. I had incorporated it into some part of my being rather than just having to lose weight and it being a drag. It became this fun project. And I'm looking at your... uh... The sexy pepper on page 10, the red pepper. Yeah. So, and what a wonderful thing. So you, you decided at that meeting that you weren't going to be going to meetings. That wasn't the way you were going to do this and went home and started right then. And it was something that, did you have momentum all the way through? Was it just I did. I really did. And that's not to say that there were moments where I felt like tipping the whole refrigerator, you know, into my (laughs) mouth. Like the first night that I was on this new, you know, I came home and made the sexy vegetable collage, and then we're going out to dinner with our friends Ron and Debbie, the one who told me about the square pegs. She's had a big influence in my life. And we go out with them, and my husband and, and Ron and Debbie, we're, every, we're all big eaters, you know. And, and that that's the night right after. The first day, I decided to go out to dinner with my friends. That's crazy. Right. I was right. such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was really ready to cry, like, how could they be eating so much food in front of me? How inconsiderate. But I really, which isn't true, you have to, you know, you can't do that to people. But the first day, that was bad planning. 
So the first week or so were kind of a little edgy <laughs> in getting into the swing of it and yeah. getting to the supermarket, stocking up on stuff. But the first week I lost two and a half pounds, so I was so psyched. Wow. And once I had lost even that small amount of weight, I kept saying to myself, okay, now you've invested a week in this and you're not going to blow that investment. And then it was two weeks. And then after a period of time, it's been off for five years now. So after a period of time, it became a lot easier. And again, that's not to say I don't have my moments, but they're moments. It's not constant thinking about food. Now I'm constantly thinking about the next art project. You know, what can I sew together? I'm really curious about how on that first day you said, okay, I'm making these collages, but how did you incorporate that into your daily routine, the art? What I did was is I did have a daily routine. So generally when people, you know how people have their diet plan, their food plan? Yeah, they're counting points and all that. They're counting points or calories or whatever that they're counting, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but that's all that they plan for the day. They don't do any of the life planning. So I looked at it as a, sort of a holistic thing. So I have a sheet that I made up. And on it, it would be like, okay, knowing that after dinner is a difficult time for me, I'd plan what my dinner would be and then go straight inside and crochet a cupcake. Okay, so you would make your dessert that you could not eat unless you wanted to encounter some severe difficulties. (laughs) (laughs) Well, or some of the sewn cake I did. I sewed a bunch of cake. And so what would happen was really interesting, too. So the whole idea was, I was like, okay, not only am I going to plan my food, because that's what people do when they need to lose weight. You have to have some kind of plan. You have to go food shopping and have the right things in the house. You have to get rid of the, the other things mm-hmm. because there is no such thing as willpower. There's only want power. So you right. have to want to lose weight badly enough to get throw the cake out. Mm-hmm. But not only did I plan that, I realized, okay, this is going to be a difficult time for me. So I'm going to, you know, din- after dinner, you know, you're watching TV, whatever it is, what am I going to do to keep my hands and my mind busy so I'm not thinking about food? Because I think largely people who have weight issues obsess about food. Two things. If you have, I know I did. I'm a weight loss coach, and I talk to a lot of people, and there's a large group of people who are thinking about food all the time, and they need to get away from that thought process, Mm -hmm. or they're just not planning. You know, and so when they get hungry, all that they have available in their house is a bag of potato chips. Right, and they think, well, I'm not going to starve myself. Right, they say, well, that's all that there is. I couldn't, right, (laughs) Right, you know. Last week I did, on the Kick in the Tush newsletter, I did something called Excuses, Excuses, and I just made a list of everything everybody has sent to me. And this week, over the course of the week, I must have gotten 30 or 40 emails from readers with more excuses to add to it. Uh. (laughs) So it's just like, you know, I it, it, anyway, that would be one of them. Well, there was nothing else to eat, and I was hungry. Right. Well, you, didn't, you know, so I think those are the two main things. Would you agree with that? Oh, I would totally agree with that. Cause yeah. I think I think um, organization is a huge part of being able to lose weight because you, you got to plan ahead. You have to because if you. Only well, have... you know what's so interesting is that there every other area of our lives you need to be organized and you need right. to plan. Mm-hmm. You have to plan your day at work. Right. You right. can't go willy-nilly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. unless you're me making jewelry. But even then, the jewelry was carefully planned. Right. You had to have your box with you. And That's you had to have right. all your have tools. To it with the glue in it. Right, right. right. Yeah, but, I mean, we plan. We If we have, go to college and we have to write a paper, we plan when we're going to do it. But somehow with food and that whole thing, it gets thrown out the wood. There's this other 
part of our brain that takes over. Mm-hmm. And it becomes sort of like this counterintuitive, you know, encounter. Well, it's funny because I, I almost think that sometimes we take better care of our cars than we do our bodies because, you know, you wouldn't jam a bunch of garbage and sugar into your gas tank because you know what that'll do, you know. (laughs) But but we shove all this stuff down our throats and it's just, you know. Yeah, we'll do that, no problem. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm going to drink some battery acid um, cola of some, you know, you know, it's just, it's crazy, you know, and and I'm guilty of that because I'm I'm burning the candle at like three ends right now and, you know, I'll uh, be like, okay, I have to stay awake and I actually have bookmarked your your chapter on sleep deprivation uh, about how important sleep is you know how you need uh, our lady of the sacred snooze you know so i need to kick number 16 i will be reviewing probably on a daily basis here uh, because that's something too that people you know we all have to recognize too that you can't really be healthy and svelte if you're not sleeping enough i'll tell you something else you can't say you cannot be creative if you're exhausted can you really write or 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 craft or do anything, I can't. Well, I want to know, like, what happened on June 26th. I mean, was it something you planned for for a while, or did you just decide today's the no, day? No, it was, like, just like me. It was it was loony. I'd made some weight loss art. You know, I had all this new art that I made. And I had a show in upstate New York, and I had made, I decoupaged a bunch of last dinnerware was the series. It was a bunch of plates. Uh-huh with sexy vegetables in the center, really beautiful, with antique papers and gold gills and just really very decorative and pretty lovely plates. And I put them up, you know, in this show. And usually when people would ask me about my work, you know, they say, what kind of work do you do? And you say, oh, I say, oh, well, I primarily work in collage or sometimes assemblage and mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing at the moment. And that's not very interesting. They said, oh, what is these? And I, and I just said, well, I'm a weight loss artist. I make art about food instead of eating it. And in the process, I lost over 50 pounds and Our Lady of Weight Loss is my guide. And they were like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So you just needed a story. And they were gathering around wanting more information. Right, And I I said to myself, I got chills and I said, oh, I said, now you really have, now you've got something Mm -hmm. that people are really interested in and that you, that I love doing, that I'm excited about at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, that was like in August and I went crazy, I'm getting a website up to put my art up and share with people. And the response to it was really positive. I didn't have the newsletter yet or any of that, but the response to the art was positive. And what had happened was is I just got so into making the weight loss art mm-hmm. and doing the decoupage plates, and I made a whole series of just dessert plates, that being at work became too painful because I just, my head just wasn't, I mean, you could see it was barely there to begin with. <laughs> I would say, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was half out of the place when I got hired 17 years ago. So I was like, and so this just tipped it for me because now I felt like I had something people were interested in. And I really wanted to write a book and put it all in this book. Were people buying your, your art? Yeah, there was one, you know, people I worked with were so wonderful they, if you go back to the office, everybody's office has something that they bought from me. They were so supportive and wonderful. It was really lucky to be with such wonderful people. We had left CBS and we'd gone to another place now where they were just great. 
and I had such encouragement, and people were like, oh, you really have something great going on, but nobody thought I would up and leave my job. But the voice in my head, one day I got off the train, you know, the subway coming into work, and the voice in my head was like screaming at me to take a leap of faith. Because I was trying to do it all at home, mm-hmm. you know, working and writing a book and making art and taking yeah. care of a family. And I said, something's going to give here. Yeah. I can't, I just, I'm never going to get this book done. So I said, well, there's <laughs> obvious what I'll have to give up. I'll have to give up working. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to give up the thing that's like actually um, the most stable, reliable, and, you know, exactly. the sure thing. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Did you talk about it with your husband before you? Well, I oh well, you know, you know the artist way, right? Yes, I do. The book, the artist yes, way, and Julia mm-hmm. Cameron gave me a quote for the book. Did you see that? Yeah, right there on the that's back. That's a great yeah. story too. Yeah, but I did the artist way like five or six years ago. I got my friends together. I'm always forming groups. Got my friends. Let's do the artist way, and we met for like a year and a half or more every other week, and I was still doing my morning pages. Mm-hmm. And my morning pages were, I got to get out of that job. I got to get out of that job. I got to do my own thing. And then like, so, and my husband was like, is the sweetest, most supportive person in the world. And he just couldn't listen anymore. He said, you could, if you really w- want to just leave. And we don't really have that kind of money. Right. It's right. Like, it's basically, he w- the deal was leave until you run out of, I had a certain amount of like, Christmas bonus put aside, but believe me, it wasn't anything really big. Right, right. And it was like, do the, you know, live off it for a while, leave the job. And the funny thing, too, was that I knew after 17 years, you know that it's going to be a revolving door. Right. There's no way anybody's just going to walk in and take over that kind of position. So I figured there'd be many opportunities, which there were if I wanted to go back to work. Every Mm -hmm. couple of months, I get a phone call from my boss. How are you doing? I'd say, great. And he'd say, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it was brewing, but I didn't say to him, Can, you know, this is, you know, it sort of came out of, it didn't come out of nowhere and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, whatever. I just came off the train and I went into work and I said, I just looked at him. I said, I can't do this anymore. I said, I'm going to be leaving now. And he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to be a weight loss artist. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's awesome. That's a solid plan. That's like, that's like such a, like a, a movie moment right there. <laughs> no. You know, where you just come in and tell your boss that you're going to be a weight loss artist. I mean, right. how did he respond? I mean, what did he say? Well, he was like, he was, he says, you know, how are you going to survive? Blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm, I said, I am, and there's no point in trying to talk me out of it. I've got to go. I just have to do this. I've got to write my book, and I have things I have to do, and I'm going to be a weight loss artist. That's all that I'm going to be. I said, I'm our country's premier weight loss artist. I invented this new profession. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with it. <laughs> like, I didn't even think it sounded crazy. So I said to him, that was like on a, at the end of the week, uh-huh. and I said, I'll work out an exit plan for Monday. So he said, exit plan? What are you talking about? So I said, well, you know, after 17 years, you've got to give me a severance package. And he said, you quit, though. And so I said, yeah, but still. So he helped me out, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but had he said no, I still would have, I was still had quit. Yeah, you know, I yeah. still was out of there. Yeah. Which was really quite generous on his part. But I really didn't have, I had enough money to live you know, as if I was salaried for about a year or so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And so, so you were ready for this. And did your husband expect you to go in that particular day and quit your job? 
No, but he was happy for me. Yeah. I mean, he knew I was going to because if you were living with me, you could see it. <laughs> it probably, he was probably like, oh, thank God the woman's not going to be talking. I really know. did. I think he couldn't take the conversation anymore. Yeah. But what about the money? But never once said, well, are you going to, you know. Get off your duff and bring in some money. Yeah, yeah. but the year has is, is been up for two years now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you've obviously landed on your feet. So you had a book deal when you quit your job. No, I didn't. You didn't. What do you mean you didn't? You said you were I writing your book. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a book deal. Oh, you were just I, writing your book. I had a dream. I was a weight loss artist. I had a new profession. Oh, that is so awesome. That's so awesome. No, I didn't. That was the whole thing. So did you leave after having this brief conversation with your boss? Did you get back on the train and go home? No, I said, I'll help you find somebody. And it's okay. just, I said, and I'll stay for as long as you need me to within reason. And that was at the end of April. So it was like two full months that I was there, mm-hmm. you know, and then going, you know, and cleaning up to yeah. old stuff, putting things in order, mm-hmm. uh, reminiscing, reminiscing, finding boxes of old things. Making some things at your desk for old time's sake, you know, um, doing oh, a little well, crafting. Oh, I was selling off whatever yeah. art I have. <laughs> no, I was actually. You're reminding me. I was yeah. sending out emails. Clearance sale. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> So you weren't you weren't at CBS at the time though when you no left. no we okay. were in a different place yeah. yeah but it's the same boss though yeah yeah, yeah. so just kind of follow the guy around well that's great that's great yeah. so you made it at two months later did they have a little party for you yeah we had a little going away party and yeah then, uh, yeah that was nice and yeah I, 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 this is very funny too because you'll see in the thank yous in the book it says thanks to. Uh, Jim Abernathy and Adam Miller, like the CFO of the company, you know? Yes. For for all your help more than you realize. I still use their uh, mailroom and copy center. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> what do you do? You see, you... Well, like I had a, the other a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a book reading, and I wanted to hand out little flyers to people around town and leave them at the, you know, at the local places. Uh-huh. And I needed like 400 copies. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Yeah. Man. So I emailed the file to the guys in the mailroom and said, could you make me copies? And they did. And I went and said, could you leave them with my friend, you know, Marianne? They said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I say hello to everybody. Oh, that's funny. So it's an unusual relationship, clearly. Yeah. Well, no, that's good, though. That's good that no bridges are burned and you're... You still have, like, customers, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, people that will buy your art, the collectors, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in corporations, that, uh, like, companies like that, whenever they make copies, they have to charge somebody. Right. So I think they're still charging my old boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone tells me the guy probably wouldn't mind too much because he... Nah, uh, he knows. Yeah, he's, he yeah. seems like he's a pretty pretty cool guy. Nah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're still friends. So what happened the very next day? I mean, you, you go after, you know, two months pass, um, you found, it sounds like you helped find your replacement. Yeah. Or your and successor. And I left and it was an extraordinary day. What was really funny is I went to a party that night with a coworker, mm-hmm. and and my boss was there. So when I was leaving saying goodbye at the end of the day, he was like, well, I don't know when I'll see you again. I said, I think you'll see me pretty soon. He's like, nah, you got to do this. You're going to go do that. And I'm like, no, I think you'll be pretty soon. He didn't know I was going to the oh, same party. Oh, so you party. see him that night? Yeah. And then he's thinking, geez, I guess she is going to be around, you know? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're still part of the scene, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was, is I decided I wanted to write a book, but I don't really know how to write a book. 
I've never done it before. So I signed up for a one-week class up at the Omega Institute in New York. You know, like one of those, you know, the Omega Institute. Mm -hmm. And with Linda Barry, I don't know if you know her. She's a great writer, and um, she does illustrated books as well. And the one thing I learned there was every afternoon we took a nap. (laughs) And she said... (laughs) She said, it's really important. She said, she's the one who said, you know, there's no way you can write or do anything if you're really tired. If you're really tired, take a nap. So I do every day. And she's right. How much did you learn about book writing? Well, nothing, really. But it, 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 and, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Linda. You, you know, to write in one week. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. Well, you know, my husband kept saying, oh, you're really a good writer. You write a lot. You know, it's not professional writing, but you do write, you know, on a consistent basis. What were you writing before that? Not much. I really, I was, (laughs) my morning page. (laughs) From the artist way. (laughs) I write a good email. Yeah. No, I was like, I did a couple of, like, short stories here and there. But I think that the other thing that I was doing at work, see, I learned so much more at work than I realized, is that I was doing a lot of editing of speeches. It wasn't part of my job description per se Mm -hmm. but my boss worked for some like heads of state and countries and he would write speeches for them and I would edit them in the sense that I'd go through them and read them and if I didn't like a part I would say you know I had certain some um, amount of doing that Mm -hmm. and a lot of business writing so I I, I actually knew more than I thought I knew so I just sat down, and it was really, I just had to sit down every day and convince myself that I could do it. So at what point did you um, send out a proposal or some work? How did you go about getting a, a publisher to pick up your book? I have a friend, is an editorial consultant. She has her own company. And I didn't ask her for help because she never said anything. She never said, how's your book coming? Right, and I just right. felt very uncomfortable asking somebody who I wasn't having a conversation with it about, you know. Right, you didn't want to make it awkward. Yeah, and like, you don't want to ask somebody to do something, because asking somebody to help you in that way, that's a big favor. And she hadn't looked at the book. Right. And she she knew the newsletter, though. At that point, I had the newsletter going. One day, she said to me out of the blue, she said, how come you haven't given me your book to look at? And I said, because you didn't ask, and I didn't want to burden a friend with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, don't be silly, give it to me. And then she read it, and she said, oh, my God, I love it. I'll, and she knew a couple of agents. So she got, she essentially um, introduced me to an agent who got the book deal. Awesome. Yeah. So was it completely done at that point? Your book? No. No. <laughs> no. no. It was just, you're just getting started. I was just, yeah, I, it was just, I had some, you know, chapters, a.k.a. kicks, you know, kicks in the tush done, Mm -hmm. but no, but, uh, you know, enough to know that at that point I knew what I was doing, oddly. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, and this is how long after, when you, when you got the book deal, how long after you had quit your job did that finally come together? Well, I quit my job and I got the book deal Two years later. Really? Okay. And I had, if you want to know how close I was to have to getting a real job. Yeah. I had $500 left. Of your stash of money. Of my, right, of my money that I had put aside 
that I could live off of. And believe me, I, in that time, I was, I didn't, I made my own t-shirts, I did my own nails, I was really going to get the most for that money and stretch it as far as I could. I didn't go out to dinner, I didn't, you know, I mean, I was really being, because it was that important to me. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I, I knew that every time I bought something, it, it was another day closer to working. <laughs> <laughs> so you had only had four five hundred dollars st- left of your money that, that was set aside, and what happened? I mean, had, was a book out there? Were you waiting? The book, for a my response? agent had sent the book around. Okay, and she called me up to tell me that there were a couple of publishers interested in it, and in fact, the book went to auction. Wow! Yeah, and 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 it's for and so it was good for a first time book. I don't want to give people the wrong impression. I think people think that people get tons of money for books. They don't. You know, not unless, some people do, but not, you know, it was nice and it was definitely needed, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, it was a good amount of money, but it wasn't, it wasn't $500,000. You know, you hear these stories, right? Yeah, right. And you're not able to, you know, just never work again doing anything. You know, you, you still right. need, you might need some revenue sources still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Did this replace like a year's salary or, I mean, how how long are you able to kind of float on this? On this well, I was able to float on that for about a year and a half. Very cool. And again, being very careful about it. Yeah. Okay. So you held yeah. off on, you know, the, the yacht and purchase and Rolexes and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. right. For your second book, you'll be exactly. able to purchase those things. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you got the call, had you gone to apply at jobs or were you holding out? I didn't know. Every once in a while, I would go on a job interview because I would just get, I have to tell people that when you're, you know, it sounds like all fun and whoopee and all that, but the level of anxiety around money at times was really intense. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing? And I'm going to run out of money and... I'm going to have to get a job, and maybe I should go on an interview. It almost to prove to myself that if I got, if I ran out of money, I could get a job pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I would go out on these interviews, and every one of my friends and my husband are like, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to take that job. <laughs> so what did you do? Did you get offers? Did- no, because I would, I would sabotage each and every... <laughs> So what would you do? So you'd go through a whole interview and then you would, what would you I do? I went to one interview that was really unbelievably ridiculous. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, I do. It was a very, very wealthy man. It was an art collector. I won't say who he is because I never met him, you know. And he, <laughs> on his speed dial was Mick Jagger's phone number. Oh, wow. So that's the level of, you know. So this sounds like they would have had a pretty high-paying job probably, maybe. You, you know what? It was less paying. When you get... And my boss is more generous than he would have been, mm-hmm. clearly. Okay. So, you know, I mean, it was like, it was, an, it was a good paying job, but, you know, all things being relative, I, it was a good paying job, but it definitely wasn't worth what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm on the interview with this guy, his business manager, <laughs> and, and his business manager says he's going over the details of the job. And I, well, I don't remember exactly, but whatever he said, I remember I said to him, do you mean that when he goes on a trip, you want me to lay out his clothes to pack for him? <laughs> so he said, <laughs> so, and he said, yes, he says, um, if, he, if, um, 
if he needs you to do the laundry, then you'd have to do the laundry if if the maid's not here. No, really, <laughs> I don't have any issues. I don't have any like it personally. Yeah, you do what you do at work. I don't really care. Right. But it was the whole tone of it. Uh huh. You know what I mean? The whole. And I said, I said to him, "You must be kidding." <laughs> so he says to me. <laughs> this is such a good story. Are you ready for what he says to me? Yes. He says, if Mr. So-and-so wanted me to go out and buy him condoms, I would. <laughs> we do whatever he asks. So I said to him, you're a Harvard MBA. You've worked, you know, it's so hard. It's, yeah, you're so smart. Is this what you want to be doing with your life? I'm <laughs> <got> really angry. <laughs> so, oh my goodness! So no, I didn't get a job offer. <laughs> I got shown out. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, how did you even hear about this job? Did they advertise in like normal no, places? No, the headhunter. Okay. Who wasn't um, very uh, pleased on the show. So you're off the list now for people. I even spent a week temping. Really? Where'd you temp? With Marlo Thomas. Oh, really? What, yeah. no, what was that like? She was that girl. And she was, uh, it was fun, I have to say, you know, because I knew I was only there for a week. So you, I can tell you, I don't think she would have gone along with my art gallery and jewelry making. <laughs> oh, so you, you kind of wait till the second week to bust out with the art supplies? <laughs> right. But no, I was sitting there with that girl. Her voice, I couldn't get over it. I kept saying, you're that girl. This is fun. And so what was the job? Like, what did you do? Well, she was just busy working on that, Saint, you know, she does the St. Jude's charity event. Okay, yeah. And she was, uh, she just needed some extra help with with that kind of thing. Okay. So I just got all involved with that and whatever else. I, 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 was, I actually had a really good time there, and she was really very nice, and it was fun to be there. And it was in her home. So it was just for so, a week, though, just a so week. So it was, you know, I had a great view of Central Park. But really, it was really a kick, and it was fun. And it, and after I did that, I was like, okay, good. All right, I am not taking another temp job, and I'm not going on another interview. This is ridiculous. And you had your confidence back that you could be yeah, hired. Yeah, exactly. You, you could still yeah. function in a workplace. You know? Right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> for a week, anyway. For a week. You could do it. So you could always take, you know, a week temp job and take a week off and get another temp job. Yeah, I, I figured, okay, I'm not going to starve, so I can go back to work now. Yeah. But I have to say the level of anxiety, the fear that rises in life anyway, anytime you're trying something new, it's terrifying. Yeah. When you actually got the book deal, did you just feel like, okay... I knew it all along, or were you just kind of like, just so relieved? You know, I kind of did know it all along, but then, I, because I wouldn't have left my job if I didn't have a sense that I really was going to succeed. Right, right. If you don't feel like you're going, if you don't believe in what you're doing. Then don't waste, don't take the right, step. Right, you, you, know? you know, I mean, as crazy <laughs> as I am, I did have, a, from people's reactions to what I was doing, I did have a sense that I really had something Right, here. right. But... There's no guarantees. That's the issue. You know, so both. I think that I, I was stunningly surprised that it would go to auction because it's, you know, it's a very unusual book. Yeah, I've seen nothing like it. It's, not, it's a weight loss book, but it's really not. 
Yeah, I, I am someone who does not, like, I would I don't read weight loss books at all. I, I'd like to drop. Fitting in the workout routine has been very, very challenging. But part of the whole weight loss is just what you're putting in your mouth, you know? So if you're not planning and you're totally frazzled and you're like, okay, I'm going to skip breakfast and then grab something for lunch that might not be very appropriate. So um, you can curb a lot just by making wiser choices. But the whole concept of your book appeals to me like no other diet book ever would. I wouldn't even consider, this is not a diet book. This is fun. And I don't think diet books are fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is. It, I know. It's it's the first, Our Lady of Weight Loss is the first one to make diet thing fun. Yeah. To make weight loss fun. Yeah. And to, can, and to use creativity as a vehicle to lose weight. Well, and how successful were you uh, when you were creating things and you, getting back to, I know earlier when we first started talking, you were talking about how every, every day you were, you were creating things and, um, you, you would schedule your day. So you would be doing something right after dinner, you know, right. to kind of take you away from the refrigerator and, and cookies and all that kind of stuff. But what happens if you finish your project and you're kind of hungry afterwards? What did you do? Well, if I'm, you know, that's another thing. You, you cannot let yourself get hungry. What do you do? I generally don't eat really big meals. I like to eat like six small meals mm-hmm. a day or five, mm-hmm. you know, rather than sit down and have a really big meal. And this way I'm never hungry. But I would really fill, I still do, make copious amounts of vegetables. So if you're having dinner and you're having a portion of pasta, which is a half a cup, mm-hmm. you better be having 12 bowls of salad with that. Or I would make a ratatouille, you know, and I would take the eggplant and the zucchini and mm-hmm. tomato and make a huge, like it would be a whole eggplant, zucchini and tomato. That's a lot. That probably feeds 10 people, and I would eat all of it, you know, with if I was really hungry. Mm-hmm. Or if I was really feeling, I don't do it as much. It's a process. So the first year when I was losing weight, I would eat a ridiculous-sized bowl of vegetables until I felt really full because that's how, what I was used to feeling. Mm-hmm. I was used to feeling so full, beyond full. I was used to feeling stuffed. Now when I get full, it's, it's uncomfortable. I have a whole different set like a different standard or a set number in me mm-hmm. of where I feel comfortable. At what point when, you know, you, you're at the meeting and you go home and you start making art and you said you lost two and a half pounds that first week, at what point did you realize that, hey, man, this is really, really working? You know, this is going to, and I'm going to do this. Oh, I knew I was going to do it. Right as away. Soon as, I had, as soon as I heard that voice, I said, if, because I realized, you know, if you... I mean, I hear it so much in people. I become more and more attuned to my own thoughts, and then I hear what other people say. Mm-hmm. And we, our actions follow our thoughts. And if you keep saying, I'm never going to make it, or, or weight loss is hard, or this is a struggle, that's what it's going to be. I, you know, anything in life. So it's, it's really just kind of training yourself to think positively about whatever it is you're going for, whether it be weight loss or anything else, that you can attain it, whatever the goal is. You can. I mean, for God's sakes, if I could lose 50 pounds and keep it off after a lifetime of being heavy and yo-yoing, if I could write a book, I don't even know how to form a complete sentence <laughs> and, get it, and get it published. <laughs> I say to my kids, look what mommy can do. Yeah. And she's not so bright. Imagine what you could do. <laughs> and I want to talk a little bit about your book. It's funny because when you're talking about um, 
<laughs> your penchant for that faux fur. <laughs> yeah. I love on you know, page 83, you have your Whitman sampler <laughs> with, oh, with yeah, orange. Oh, yeah, it's got that on The it. faux fur. I've and I'm got thinking, that right, sitting right here. Yes, I love that orange I would fur. never have dreamed of, I mean, it just wouldn't have occurred to me to put faux fur on there. And But it's so, it looks so, so funny. I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, I'm sure people react to that with a smile. I mean, how could you not, you know? Um, no, it's <laughs> great. It's, you know what's really funny is the macaroni altar. Yes. In the book, yeah. in the front of the book. Uh-huh. The, the book was reviewed, and it got a really good review by a paper in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. And she said she really loved the book, blah, 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 even though she couldn't imagine that anybody would make a macaroni and cheese altar. <laughs> Do you know how many people are making macaroni and cheese altars? <laughs> in Tomahawk, Wisconsin today, this is really great. You know, the Kick in the Tish Club is starting, people are starting to form chapters. Wow. And one of the people um, got in touch with me and she said that Tomahawk, Wisconsin got a kick in the tush by the economy that wasn't so great. So they wanted to give themselves a kick in the tush that would be fun. So they had a party in Tomahawk, Wisconsin today at the bookstore and all these women from all over came, and they were making macaroni altars all day long. That's awesome. I know. I That's, you know, actually we were talking about side stories. Yeah. I mean, who would think that? I And so we did a live chat. I was online with them while they were having their party. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was How fun great. for them so, to be a part of that, yeah. Yeah, so it was like, this is so cool. This is like these great women artists. And it is, it's a common language. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. They are out there gluing it and, pay, and putting glitter on macaroni and cheese boxes and making Our Lady altars <laughs> out in, in, in Tomahawk, Wisconsin. And I'm sitting here. It's just amazing. Well, you know, I'm talking to you and you're from a whole different part of the country. I think a lot of times Americans grow up thinking that we're such an insulated society, you know, and to have connections around the globe and between the states uh, with people who are into these creative outlets is wonderful. And to see what you've been able to do, I mean, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the inspiration that you've been able to provide people? I find it amazing. And a, a couple of things about that is that, you know, so I set off to write a book and because I wanted to tell my story and, and to do the kick in the, in the newsletter, too. The first time I got an email from somebody who I didn't know, like, uh, to sign up to be a, a member of the Kick in the Tish Club, I was, like, screaming. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. I don't know this person, and they're writing me. It was, just inc- it was just awesome. And then I was like, and then I realized along the way that when you put yourself out there like that, same thing with what you're doing, it becomes, it's not just about writing your book or doing your newsletter, it's that you kind of have a responsibility now, and you have to stand for something. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it became a, a much more meaningful experience by hearing from other people. I find it amazing that people are making the macaroni and cheese altar. It's just amazing. I've had uh, a similar experience with on a very on a smaller scale. I'm not, you know, I don't have any kind of book out or anything like that. But when I got an email, you know, I posted a show back in January of this year, and you know, I didn't know if anyone was going to ever listen to it. I didn't know if I was just talking to myself, like. You know, if the, if, I, if there would be any response at all, you know, and when I actually got a response, I was just astounded, you know, like I couldn't believe like, wow, people are actually listening to me because I think and 
in our own worlds, like I mean, you might have felt like you know you knew this, you know, Our Lady of Weight Loss was speaking to you, and you know, it, it sounds like you really didn't care whether or not people thought that was great or not, you know, and you, it sounds like you had some support, you know, some people who are supporting you in your uh, weight loss uh, mission. But to have all these people have the, your message resonating with people all across the country, I mean, that's just fantastic. And it's also validation that you're not just some, you know, uh, crazy creative type artist person that's, you know, doing her thing. I mean, to have this resonate, I think, is validation that you may not have even needed. But boy, isn't it great, you know? <laughs> oh, well, well, no, you do need, well, that's the funny thing is that you do need it. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't exist. Yeah. You don't exist alone. You can't do things alone. And another experience I had was that Family Circle did an article on the Kick in the Tish Club last year. It was a Q&A. It was a couple of questions with a piece of Our Lady art. I got emails from churches all across the South. A bunch of them had cut out the article and put it on their refrigerators in, their, in the churches. So I was like, that blew me away. Yeah, because you probably didn't come at this with any kind of religious... What, was your, what is your you know, whole... Are you a spiritual person or? Yeah, I, yeah. I am. I grew up down the block, and I am. <laughs> like, that was just what you said. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm spiritual, all right. <laughs> You're just kind of like, yeah, um, sort of, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I would, I would consider myself spiritual, but I don't know. Um, I grew up down the block from a convent. Okay. And I spent a lot of time with the nuns, and. They were very nice to me. They never made mention of how heavy I was. And believe me, they were the only people in town, including my family, who didn't. Yeah. So, And the book is dedicated to the nuns of Our Lady of Snow. So I think that, you know, that that's where the Our Lady came from, really. Is that connection. It was a childhood friend. Yeah. You know, my friend's father was a groundskeeper. And I remember one time being in, in the back of the convent. And they were the statues of Mary. And I was, would sit there and pray for white go-go boots. <laughs> and I think you wrote that in your book, didn't you? Because I think... I, I don't know I, if I, I did. Something about the statues is in there. No, yeah. I, and, um, and that I would wake up thin oh, in the morning. Yeah. So. yeah. Wow. My, my son said, see, Mom, you got your, you got your prayer came true. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So you're dancing around in go-go boots now? I do. Yeah. When I'm home alone, when nobody's looking. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. It's just wonderful to see that, you know, you've been able to inspire all these people to make a change, you know, and and do it in a fun way. If I had any impact on anybody, it would be to have some fun because it's, you know, there's so many, like life is hard. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so much stuff happens to all of us. And if you can really develop your fun muscle. How great is that? Well, I think it's fantastic. And so your your newsletter, for those folks who are going to listen to this and want to know how to sign up. Yeah, just go to my website, ourladyofweightloss.com, and you'll see a link to the kitchen. There's a link that says the Kick in the Tush Club, and then there's this week's Kick in the Tush, so you can see the newsletter. And There's links just about on every page to sign up for it. And if you click on artist, you'll see my before and after photo. Did you look at the before and after? It's in the back. Yeah, of the book. I did see that. Yeah, and it's it looks like I mean it's two, like two different people. 
I know. It's remarkable, right? It's, yeah, it's fantastic what you've been able yeah, to accomplish. I was just that everything about me is different. Yeah. Well, and while everything's different, there's probably some things that are the same. I mean, you're the same, I mean, at your core. You know, you are. Well, that's just the funny know, thing Janice. is that. But I'm much more outgoing. Like, as I, as I was saying earlier, is that when I was, I was fun and all that within the confines of the office. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't feel comfortable at some place where I don't know anybody. And now I feel comfortable everywhere. You know, I, I just, I'm just who I am no matter what's going on. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank I mean, it's, you. It's wonderful, and it's been five years, you said. Five, is it five, five years. Five yep. years. And um, do you find that, is it a struggle for you now still? With the Everyone's, I mean, it's, I'm conscious of it, and it's like, I, it's not, it's a process, and it's not nearly as difficult as it was five years ago to mm-hmm. stay on plan, you know, or to, but it's become a part of my life, so going to this, I, I automatically check to see what's in the refrigerator and make a list and go shopping. I don't have to put that on my list of things to do now. You just you just know what to do. I just yeah. it's just part of life. Yeah. How would you like people to? What do you hope people do if they're hearing about this book and they're thinking, "Man, I think this could work for me." What do you advise them to do? Should they read the whole book in one? You know, sitting or not, maybe not one sitting. Yeah, we're not going to mandate that they read it in one sitting. But do you <laughs> Drop recommend everything yeah, right now? <laughs> do you recommend that they do one uh, kick in the tush at a time, or how did you intend for people to use this? Well, it's, I intended it to, for them to use it any way they wanted. So some people are reading I like it. your style. Uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, but some people. I actually was surprised when people were telling me that, that they were reading it from front to back. Well, now that sounds funny because that is how you do read books. <laughs> but I thought it's the kind of book where you could just look at the table of contents and say, like you said, oh, I'm into, I, oh, sleep. That's, that's something yeah, I'm Yeah, but that's not how today. I got to it. It's just I was going through the book, reading it, like, all at once, and then right. I got to the so sleep thing, and I just... You could go from front to back or yeah. back to front or flip it open. It's a companion book because you can lose weight on any diet, but how do you stay motivated? You know, our lady weight loss is your cheerleader. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. And so with the newsletter, is it kind of a community? Do people interact with each other? Yeah, people send in uh, letters to Our Lady of Weight Loss in the Chewing the Fat section. Mm-hmm. And there's also Weighty Confessions, okay. <laughs> where people confess their sins and, and Our Lady of Weight Loss says, all is forgiven, move on. Yes, and you have that all through your book, too. Yeah, and those are in the book, and the letters are, too. And so, you know, some of the book is from, you know, readers of the Kick in the Tush Club. They send in their letters and their Weighty Confessions. But more and more as this grows, as I said, there's the Kick in the Tush Club chapters mm-hmm. where people, there's one, oh, you, you guys are going to love this. There's a, a woman out in Tomahawk, Wisconsin. There's a couple of groups out there. It's so funny. And she and her friends are getting together once a month, they decided, and they're making an art bucket. They're filling up a bucket with art supplies, and one person gets to take it for the whole month and make stuff, and then replenish it with new things, like different things, mm-hmm. and then the next person gets to take it for a month. I love that. Don't you love that? Yeah. I do, too. So they, I hope they do show and tell. Yeah, they're going to send pictures of stuff. Yeah. So, and, and I also post other people's artwork on my site, and, you know, whatever I can do for anybody, I would in any way. So you've turned this into, I mean, this is your job now. As you said, you kind of invented a, a field. Yeah, I'm a weight loss artist, a weight loss coach. I have a number of clients. I started coaching people 
I guess about four years ago, uh, after I'd lost all that weight, and people kept asking me, well, what do you eat? What do you do? Da, da, da. And I got so, you know, that I was doing it anyway, and I thought, well, maybe this would be an, a fun thing to do and a good thing to do. And I really enjoy it because every single person that I work with is so different, you know, and mm-hmm. they're, they're, um, and they're from a different part of the country too. So because I do voice coach, you know, I'm on the phone mm-hmm. with people. So it's really amazing. I love it. I really do. Now, how did you know what to charge when you first get into a coaching type of thing? I mean, because it seems like, you know, you kind of did this on your own or did you have a coach yourself? No, no, I didn't. No, um, I didn't have a coach, but there's lots of life coaches. Yeah, I've heard of life coaches And there's a lot of before. creative coach, coaches, mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Right, creativity coaches, mm-hmm. more and more, and um, uh, so I just looked and sort of based it on what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. And and how long do you work with people? How long is that? It's very varied. I have one person that I've been working with for two years, and she's lost over fifty pounds. Wow! And I guess you'd say it was a slow loss, but it keep the scale keeps going down, and that's what it doesn't really matter how long it takes. You don't want to lose too fast. No, you know? a pound a week is good. Yeah. You don't want to lose really, you know, you want to average a pound a week. In mm-hmm. the beginning, you always lose a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And like, and then you lose about a pound a week. And then there's other people who just, like one woman wanted to lose 10 pounds. So some people, like the person who I'm working with, that I've been working with for a long time, she's really into art. And I helped her get to get into mosaics. And now she's making mosaics. On everything. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> she's going to mosaic all of New York. Oh, wow. And then the, and someone else who just really, really couldn't lose weight, and it's because she was drizzling olive oil on everything. And even though olive oil is a healthy fat, it's still 120 calories a tablespoon. So some people, it's just about helping them figure out the best food plans mm-hmm. and organizing their lives around it mm-hmm. so that they can get it to get going. Right. And some people different. Somebody called me today and asked me, could I just give them a kick in the butt to get away from their computer? That and they're sitting too much every day and they yeah. need to make a plan. So we were going to talk about what kind of creative, what's happened to their, her, you know, creative thinner core and see what she wants to do that she can weave it into this and make it part of her day. Well, that's great. And it's, yeah. well, it's so wonderful, too, that you've been able to kind of create um, a, a whole profession that you're just so passionate about. I really am, and I really care about everybody that I work with. It's just really terrific. And we limb down while you laugh it up. <laughs> you burn quite a few calories laughing. Yes, you do. You use a lot yeah. of muscles laughing. Yeah, that's why yeah. You, it hurts a lot when you're laughing so hard. Yeah, you know, that's because you're using a lot of muscles. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, I've had that where you laugh so hard that you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is starting to hurt. Isn't that you know? wonderful? Oh, it is. It's when great. When you're crying, you know? laughing, and it hurts. Yeah. Oh, what a relief. Yeah, I think you're a wonderful inspiration to the creative types out there who want to make a transformation. And I think people who are already, I mean, if you're born thin and you're blessed to still be thin, <laughs> uh, God bless you. And, uh, you know, there's some projects here too, though, that I think are fun. Like, I don't think you have to be struggling with weight to have fun making a macaroni altar. No, no. There's, it, the book is really, I think the message is about happiness and joy and and having a good time, and I right. think you're right. There's and there's plenty of stuff in there that's you know they rate craft projects like what like one to five in difficulty. Mm-hmm. 
There's a there's a bunch of them in there. Would be one or two, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't see anything so that anybody that, can make them. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that's really great about it because I think no matter how artistic you, I mean, people who are accomplished artists, I think would still get some enjoyment out of just trying some of these other projects. Well, you could make it more complicated if you wanted to. Sure you know, could. you can embellish it if you're a crafter and you take one of those ideas in the book, you could fly with it. But the cra- the craft project is like cooking for me. It's mm-hmm. like a one bowl recipes. <laughs> right, right. Most of the recipes in the book are one bowl recipes and there's not too much chopping going on. Right. So it's like the art projects are, are like that too so that you have something fun that you could do and have some instant gratification from an art project rather than food. Well, I'd like to hear before I let you go, what are you working on right now? What's your latest art project? Oh, um doing actual stained glass pieces wow of the our ladies in the book oh how cool and i did one and it took me four months because i'm doing all these other things in between and it's really the absolutely the most beautiful piece of art that i've done and it was in the catholic museum recently which was very nice for our lady to be there (laughs) so um so that's what i'm doing i'm cutting up glass and making art from glass. Now, had you ever worked with glass before? No. When I went down to Tribeca to an artist and worked with her who's been doing it, you know, for years. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, again, it's just, you learn the skills part. You know, you learn how to cut the glass. Right, right. You know, like, I don't know how to do that. And, and, and then you aren't, you know, then you just take it where you want to go. But it's not that dissimilar to collage or to the silk painting. It's, it's it almost looks like that. Well, and a, you're cutting pieces and putting them together. It's it's a lot like collage. I mean, exactly. I see a lot of similarities yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of the crossover in skills. Well, I so much appreciate your time today, Janice. Oh, anytime. Wow, that was really fun. Thanks, Janice, for a fabulous interview and for introducing us all to Our Lady of Weight Loss because I know I'm going to start listening to that voice. (laughs) I can think of no better way to lose weight than to do it in a creative way. So thank you, Janice, for your inspiration. I hope you all enjoyed the show and will be inspired to make art, even if it's not weight loss. We all have these things that we feel like we're battling in our life. What Janice has done with weight loss can be applied to other things as well. So if there's something else in your life that you're struggling with, if you make whatever it is that you're battling the subject of your work, you are in control. And of course, I really want you all to send in your contest entries to win a copy of Our Lady of Weight Loss, the book. If you send those to me by Thursday, November 2nd, anything weight loss related or food related. Janice gave me the instructions to make the tape measure bracelet, so I'll be posting that online. So check that out. So you can make one of those or you can do anything your heart desires. Sky's the limit, so just have fun. I look forward to seeing those. I, of course, will post all of the entries on the web. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. It's been 40 fun episodes, at least for me. I've really enjoyed putting these together. So thanks a lot for listening. As usual, I love to get email from you, so feel free to send me a note to tell me what's on your mind. And if you have any show ideas, send those my way. I'm going to let you guys get on with your day. And I'll see you back here next week. And don't forget to craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit craftsanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. 
Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sandy on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sandy store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email jennifer at craftsandy.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sandy. 